Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached Word of God in agreement to the Scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. And uh, verse number 37. And we're going to read some familiar scriptures today and... There's a real chance that I'm not going to say anything that you haven't already heard somewhere along the way. Amen. But I'm encouraged by the word of the Lord. I'm encouraged by the strength that I draw from eternal truths that are alive. And uh, the water is not stagnant or stale, but there's a fresh anointing of the Lord. And that's what I have prayed for today is a fresh anointing of the Lord. The book of Acts chapter 2 and verse 37. And I I want to say this. I'm going to read this and and then I'm going to go somewhere else. But eventually we'll come back here. And so you want to stay for the journey. Okay? Amen. We're going to start in Acts. We're going to end in Acts. But in a few minutes you're probably going to be wondering what in the world are we doing? Amen. The book of Acts chapter 2 verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. With many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Verse 41 is in all reality a very critical passage of scripture because there is some some notations here that that, uh, we really must grasp. The Bible says, then they that gladly received his word were baptized. That means some did not gladly receive the word and probably consequently were not baptized. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized and the same day there were added unto them 3,000 souls. Verse 42 says, and they, which I think would be the same they of verse 41, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And so I want to just preach to you today from this thought, they continued. They continued. Amen. Lord, I love you today and I thank you for the privilege to be here in your house. And I ask you for a special anointing upon my mind and my heart today to just deliver some things that you have long ago laid in my heart. And I pray, Lord, that I can just do justice to the truth that's that's in your word, to the marvel of the word, to the strength of the word. I pray that you'll just anoint me today and anoint this congregation that we might not only hear 
but receive your word in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And you may be seated in the fear of the Lord. And they continued. The word continue means to persist in an activity or to process or to remain in existence, remain in operation, or to carry on traveling in the same direction. Amen. (laughs) Amen. So to persist in activity or remain in existence. And sometimes, sometimes I'm... I know it's raining outside and I'm gonna be careful that we don't get it cloudy in here, but let's talk about some truths. Sometimes I have not been marching forward triumphantly. Sometimes I have just been remaining in existence. But thank God I held on. Amen. There were times that I wasn't, maybe I wasn't knocking down walls and leaping over buildings, but Uh, To continue also means just to remain in existence. And so there are sometimes we just hold on until the storm passes by. But ultimately we are carrying on traveling in the same direction. A few months ago now we did a study through the book of Acts and, and certainly not an exhaustive study, but we just marched through the book of Acts and the church's birth and, and, and her existence. And we'll talk about that a little bit of how just barely, barely given life, just barely catching its balance before trouble ensues and, and a lot of things there to be reckoned with. Amen. That is the New Testament church, the book of Acts church. Now I want us to go all the way back to the beginning, the book of Genesis or the book of beginnings. In the beginning we know that God created man ultimately for fellowship. And mankind, without any argument, was the apple of his eye, created in his own image we were. And so not, uh, not a creation like an elephant or a buffalo, but man was uh, given the ability to communicate with God and to worship and Man, in and of itself, speaking of creation, would bow to nothing in creation, but everything would be in submission to man. Adam was given charge over all things, even the smallest uh, menial task, not was not a menial task, but the smallest detailed task of naming the animals just one by one. Then that fateful moment of deception that occurred in the Garden of Eden. In that moment when the serpent convinced Eve that God really did not mean what he said. And in turn, Adam also partakes of the fruit and according to the scripture, their eyes were open. There was an enlightening there. But more tragic than that was the fact that not that their eyes were enlightened, but the, the real tragedy here is that something was lost in this act, and that something was very, very significant because that that was lost was relationship with God. And when you lose your relationship with God, there are many things that happen, but one of the first things that happen is we lose the peace 
of God. I love the song that we sing, uh, Cover Me, and, and, the, and the part of that song that says, Peace of God, Cover Me. And you know, I, I don't think I'm alone when I say this, but when we are singing that, it's not just words coming out of our lips. It's not just words projected on a screen, but there is a peace of God that that is palatable and we can get our hands on that. I can, I can relate to that. As I've often said, I can't relate to streets of gold and gates of pearl. I can't relate to life with no problems, no sickness, no peril, but I can relate to the peace of God that I feel here on this earth. And to think that I would never have to leave that. Amen. I, I remember just a few services ago, I, I think maybe Brother Osborne was trying to conclude the service or one of the, one of the men were trying to conclude the service and they said, we just don't wanna dismiss this. We don't wanna walk away. Although the, the clock and other, uh, other things are pulling us in, in a direction that's away from this place, away from this building, but, but we don't wanna walk away and we realize that we have to move on. Life is, is demanding of us something else and so try as we may to hold on to what we have just experienced the truth of the matter is we can only do that in part and in portion because there are just so many other things that are demanding of our time and attention but so to think that we could feel this peace of God and never ever walk away from that is just uh, that that's what will make heaven amen that's what that's what will make heaven but this spirit of peace that now uh, is absent, not just from the Garden of Eden, but absent in the heart and the minds, the spirit and the relationship with God himself. Now everything has changed. To help us better understand the word of God, the Bible is divided into dispensations. And dispensations simply are just periods of time and, and uh, they are methods to help us interpret Bible, not only Bible history, but as well as uh, prophecy and, and where, not where we've been, but also where we're going and uh, where we've been, where we are, I should say, and then where we're going. Biblical dispensations or dispensations of time divide the work of God and they divide the, purpose, uh, the purposes of God toward man in different periods. The first dispensation, and I don't want to belabor this, but I just want to underscore some things. The first dispensation is called the dispensation of innocence. And that is in Genesis chapters one toward the end uh, till about the middle part of Genesis chapter two. This dispensation covered the period of Adam and Eve in the garden, which was not, unfortunately, a very long period of time. This period of time, this is the period of time that we're talking about right now, that I've been talking about, the creation. And, and, and in this dispensation of innocence, the, the commandments of God toward man were this, to replenish the earth with children, to subdue the earth, to have dominion over the animals on the earth, to care for the garden that they were living in, to abstain, to abstain from eating the fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That was, that was the law, if I may say, the guiding post of the dispensation of innocence. This is, this is your job description. That may be what we would call it in our day. God warned them of the punishment, not only physical, but the spiritual death 
of disobedience. And so this dispensation was short-lived and was brought to an end by Adam and Eve's disobedience and their ultimate expulsion from the garden. The second dispensation is what is referred to as the dispensation of conscience. It lasted about just a little over 1,600 years from the time of Adam and Eve's eviction from the garden until the flood. This dispensation demonstrates what man will do if man is left to, them, to himself, the dispensation of conscience. And so let me just pause right here. This is not my notes, but let me just pause right here and tell you something that, that the old adage, let your conscience be your guide, is not sufficient for the day. Because what we are exposed to on a daily basis is a very intentional, this is not scare tactics, this is true, so listen to me now. What we're exposed to on a daily basis is a very intentional progression to melt away our conscience. Because I'm telling you that what used to embarrass Americans no longer embarrasses Americans. Amen. And to all of you that are shaking your head, just hang on. You may regret that because the things that used to embarrass Christians no longer embarrass Christians. Amen. And the thing that used to embarrass Holy Ghost filled men and women of God that profess to be temples of the living God no longer embarrass us. And so we need to be very careful that we don't trust our conscience because our conscience, according to Scripture, can become seared with a hot iron. Amen. And so I don't want my conscience to be my guide. I want God's conscience to be my guide. I want God's word to be my guide. I, I'm not wanting to trivialize this, but I, I, I don't ever want to forget the truth of asking myself, what would Jesus do right here? Amen. I think Jesus would turn a few things off. I think Jesus would get up and walk away from a few things. I think Jesus wouldn't have walked in there to begin with. Amen. So we got to ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? In this dispensation of conscience, we got to be very careful to understand what happened here. Man left to himself. Five major aspects of this dispensation were the curse that happened uh, was placed upon the serpent, the change in womanhood and childbearing, the curse on nature itself, the imposing of work on mankind to produce food. The promise now, the promise, this was also something that comes because see, God can always give us some daylight on the darkest night because in all the curse of the serpent and the curse of the ground and the curse of the woman and the curse of childbearing and the curse of the man earning his, his food by the sweat of his brow also came with the promise of a Christ as the seed that would bruise the head of the serpent, which is Satan, hallelujah. Up to that time of, of, of man's sin, God and his creation were at peace with one another. They communed apparently on a very regular basis because we know that the Lord came to the garden in the cool of the day. I don't think this was a one-time visit because Adam and Eve knew to be hiding. They knew to be sowing fig leaves. They knew to be covering because we know God is going to come. Amen. So there was communion with God, just holy communion with God. But then, amen, sin had not entered the picture, of course, at that time. But when it did, the landscape of everything changed in a moment of time. It would seem at this point that all hope was lost. 
Adam and Eve have sinned. Man has lived in such a state of debauchery and confusion until we find in Genesis uh, 6 that the Lord just repented. The Lord repented. He was sorry that he even made man. However, God always has a plan. God always has a plan. The scripture tells us that a man by the name of Noah, in the midst of all the sin, in the midst of all the debauchery, in the midst of all the consciences of men being seared, in the midst of all the sin, there was one man that found favor, found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You see, if God can just get a remnant, if the Lord can just get a little bit, if the Lord can just get a small portion, he can build it again. Amen. So while the world at large would be destroyed, God had found the remnant in Noah and his family. So God commanded Noah to build an ark, the Bible says, to the saving of his house. And as God says, God said it would happen, the rains began to fall. 40 days, 40 nights. Finally, the ark comes to a rest, to a stop or to rest as the water begins to dry up. And it's here that we find something that I at least have always thought interesting. As the waters begin to dry, I am confident that Noah is thinking where to from here. I mean, you told me to build an ark, you said the rains were gonna come, and now I feel this large ship resting and settling back down on some dry ground, some solid ground. But now, where to from here? And so the Bible says that Noah opened the window that was on the ark, and he sent forth a a, a raven, but the raven never returned. And so then after that, the Bible says that Noah sent forth a dove. The dove has always been a symbol and remains a symbol of peace. One of the first mentions of the dove is found here at the ark. It's when Noah used her as a messenger to help him find direction during some of the closing days of the flood. Noah sent her the first time. And the Bible says because she could find no rest for the sole of her foot, she returned to him again. So Noah waited seven more days and sent her forth from the ark again. This time, when she returned, she brought an olive leaf with her again. Even to this day, that combination is a symbol of hope and a symbol of peace. Amen, that green olive branch confirmed to Noah that life has begun again on this place called earth. Amen, I'm not sure what it's gonna be when we open the door. I'm not sure what we're gonna do after, after we all get out of this boat, but I do know one thing, that out there, there is new life. Out there, there is new hope, hallelujah. And so the Bible says that he waited seven more days and then he sent the dove again, but this time she did not return. To the casual observer, it may have seemed like hope had seemingly flew into oblivion. However, that's not where the story ends. That day, I believe that hope was commissioned and she began to make her way and her journey through the ages. Hallelujah. Amen, because 
man had sinned and because Adam and Eve had sinned, because man left of their conscience had just let sin run amok and grow wild in their heart. It seems that man has no hope, but I said God has a plan. Amen. So when Noah let that dove go, I want you to just freeze that frame, if you will, in your mind. When she left his hand for the last time, she started flying. Amen. But she wasn't just flying looking for an olive branch. She wasn't just flying looking for some place to build a nest to raise her young. But she was flying on an eternal destiny. She was on a journey that was going to be very, very significant even to us who are sitting here on this September 2013 morning hope was commissioned and hope began to make her way through the ages I mentioned dispensations a moment ago the third dispensation was the dispensation of human government which begins in Genesis 8 God had destroyed life on the earth with a flood saving just one family to restart the human race God now makes the following promises and commands to Noah and his family. This is a part of the third dispensation. He said, God promised this, I will, not, I will not curse the earth again with a flood. Noah and your family, this is your job. I want you to replenish the earth with people. Amen, he said there will never be another worldwide flood. The sign of God's promise. He said, my promise to you is gonna be a rainbow. I don't know about you, but I'm just infatuated with rainbows. We, we see them in the dis, just the slightest just the slightest hint of them in the sky. And we're just riding down the road and pointing and, and we're looking. And you know why? Because God made man a promise. He didn't make Steve a promise. He made man a promise. And so when you see God take his hand and put that rainbow across the sky. Amen. It is far more than just something hanging over Taylor County or Lafette County or Swanee County or Columbia County, Dixie County, Levy County. Amen. It is a promise I said in my word all the way then that I'll never do this again. I just wanted to remind you of my promise. I just wanted to remind you of my promise. You would think that everything would be okay now, but it wasn't so. Noah's descendants did not <clears throat> scatter and fill the earth as they had been commanded. Therefore, they failed in their responsibility to this dispensation. And so about 300 years plus after the flood, the earth inhabitants then got their own idea. And they said, we're gonna build a tower and we'll build it all the way to heaven. Amen. And this will be, this will be what we do with our hands. This will, be, this will be what we have accomplished. This is what man, and so man is positioning himself to once again climb up on the fence and sing his own praises and crow the loudest. And God said, no, 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 this is not gonna happen. And God stepped on the scene and he confused their languages. And when he did that, he brought construction to a halt and enforced his command to move, to multiply, to get out, amen, and to fill the earth. The, uh, the end result of that was the rise of many nations and many cultures. And from that point on, human governments have been the reality. It seems that one thing after the other, after the other is happening to destroy the plan of God. 
God in, in, in nothingness stepped out and began to say, let there be, let there be, let there be, let there be. God in nothing ended every day saying, it is good, it is good, it is good, it is very good. But somehow man, man succumbed to the power of sin and evil. Doesn't that sound like the day we're living? And so God gives us another start and we succumb one more time but God will not be stopped. You hear me? God will not be discouraged. He will not be dissuaded. Amen. So he just molds it again. He just makes it again and says, this is how we'll do it. I'll do it with Noah. And Noah, you'll replenish the earth. But when he failed, he said, well, I'll just do it with this. I'll stop the construction of the Tower of Babel. I'll confuse the languages. This will get them out. This will get the earth because I have a plan. Hallelujah. I, I, I'm thankful today. Amen, that, that God has a plan. Don't forget Noah has set forth a dove that never returned. This dove or this peace was on a mission. I'm not going to try to attempt to touch every biblical point uh, this morning, but just let me use this analogy. This dove or peace left the hands of Noah and continued her flight. She flew through the fourth dispensation called the dispensation of promise. A promise that started with the call of Abraham in Genesis 11, amen, and then become more defined in Genesis 12. And then it continued into the lives of the patriarchs during this dispensation. God developed a great nation that he had chosen as his people. The basic promise of the dispensation of promise was this, this Abrahamic covenant. Just a few points about that covenant were this. From Adam, from Abraham would come a great nation. He meant a great nation, he said. And God was gonna bless them, not only with natural, but God was going to bless Abraham with spiritual prosperity. God would make Abraham's name great. That was another promise of this dispensation. And God said that he would bless those that bless the descendants of Abraham. And he said, I will curse those that curse the descendants of Abraham. And then he said this, in the family or in Abraham, all of the families of the earth are going to be blessed. Are you at church with me here today? Amen, this is not random. This is not God plucking one idea after another out of the sky. Amen, he said, I've got a plan. And my plan, I lost man. I lost fellowship with man in the Garden of Eden. But I have got to somehow redeem and reconcile man back to myself. Amen, it's not gonna be in the Garden of Eden, but I've got to pull man and myself back together. Hallelujah. This dove left with a divine mission, a divine mission. The fifth dispensation called the dispensation of the law. It lasted about 1,500 years. Just as an illustration for us this morning, the, the, the dove that Noah released that day, as I've said, represents hope and peace for generations to come. She left the hands of Noah with a divine purpose and mission. She flew through the dispensations of time and brought with her gifts that were just seemingly faint to the casual observer. However, if you were the recipient of her gifts, they were very significant in nature. For example, 
during the dispensation of the law, during this period of time, animal sacrifices were commanded of God. And so if you, if you were of, of this certain caliber of wealth, you gave this. And if another caliber of wealth, you gave that. But here's where I'm going with all that today is this, that if a man was so poor that he didn't own one cow and he didn't own one sheep, if a man was so down on his luck that he had nothing, he meant he could always trap a turtle dove and offer that dove as a sacrifice. And God said, I'll honor that. I will honor that. Amen, you don't have to be here. You don't even have to be here. You can have nothing to your name, but if you can just bring a dove into my presence, It'll be sufficient for the day. I'm telling you that she was bringing peace and bringing hope to those who had otherwise no hope. Hallelujah. They could always bring the dove. She brought hope. During one of David's darkest periods, a hopeless situation had arisen in his life. David had prayed a prayer of repentance. He had sought reconciliation with God, but his life was forever marked. His life was forever scarred. Some would remember him as King David. Some would remember him as David the shepherd. Some would remember him as David the psalmist. But others, amen, they were humans just like you and I. So I just gotta believe there were some in that day that only remembered him as David the murderer, as David the adulterer, as David the cheater, as David the unfaithful. Amen. David was, was all these negative titles and maybe it was that day that it, all of this was ringing so loud in his mind. I, I, I don't know what to do, God. I've made such a mess of my life. I, I don't know how this unfolded, but perhaps David was weary and feeling like he couldn't make another step. Saddened and simply beaten down by life, David lifted his eyes toward the heaven and apparently he saw a dove fly by because he said, oh, that I had wings like a dove, amen, for then I would fly away and be at rest. David said, I may not find rest here, but there's coming a day, there's coming a day. Thank you, thank you for that message of peace. Thank you for that message of hope. Thank you for reminding me that I am gonna get out of here, amen, leaving the hand of, of Noah on a mission she continued to fly through this dispensation of time and that dispensation of time. Even for 400 years of darkness and silence between the Old Testament and the New Testament, just stay with me for an illustration. Amen, she kept flapping her wings. Amen, she kept pushing. She kept kept riding the clouds forward. Why? Because I I didn't leave the hand of Noah to just build a nest. I didn't leave the hand of Noah to just raise a few young but I left the hand of Noah because I am on a divine mission. Man has been separated from God, but God has a plan. God has a plan. Hallelujah. (laughs) We are here today, not because of our good looks, 
not because of our finesse, not because of our last name, not because of our bank account, not because of who's who we are here today because God had a plan to restore man back to himself. And so he said, I'm gonna send a dove and she's gonna come bearing a message of hope and peace. He had a message concerning a spotless lamb that would take away the sins of the world. Amen, the old prophets, the old prophets, if you would say, with their, with their natural eyes closed but their spiritual eyes wide open said there's coming a day that God is not gonna write his word on stony tables or tables of stone but there's coming a day he's gonna write that promise on the hearts of men. What are you talking about? Amen. Somebody left that service so confused. Somebody walked away and said well I, I think the old man is slipping. He wasn't slipping. Amen. Somewhere he got a glimpse of the dove as he flew by and there she is she's on her way the mission amen a mission of hope a mission of hope when when Israel when Israel was down and out and we found her that way many 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 times when Israel was down and out and all hope seemed lost God always even in his judgment amen God always had a word of mercy you're about to go into captivity you're about to go into captivity but Jeremiah, let me tell you something. Hey man, you remember that piece of land you drove by the other day? He said, before you go to prison, we may call it today, I want you to stop by there and buy that piece of property. Well, why in the world would you want me to buy this property? I mean, you just got through saying that we're gonna be held captive. You just got through saying that we're gonna be enslaved. Hey man, but the Lord said, yes, but buy it because you're not always gonna be there. It's just gonna be 70 years and at the end of 70 years, you're coming out. And when you come out, I want you to have the deed in your hand. Are you hearing me? God has always had a plan. He's always had a plan. He had a message concerning that spotless lamb. And so if we fast forward to the New Testament, it's far more than a baby in a manger. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. Amen. You're gonna call his name Jesus because he's not here to make a mom and daddy happy. He's not just here to brighten and cheer the days of a, a few friends and neighbors. No, no, no. He is here to take away the sin of the world. He is here to take away the sin of the world. And it took a little while. It took some growing. It took some time. It took some change. But then one day, it was time. Amen. And Jesus came walking toward John as John was standing in Jordan's River. And John saw him come over the crest of the hill. And John, the Baptist who had been saying there's one coming after me who is mightier than I. He's gonna baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire and when John saw Jesus crest the hill he turned to anyone that would listen and he said behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That's why John amen that's why John bears record of this momentous occasion in John 1 and 32 and John bear record saying and I saw the spirit descending from heaven <laughs> amen like a 
dove, amen, when she came through the dark ages, when she came into the New Testament and flew over that, that Bethlehem manger, amen, she realized my journey and days are almost over. My traveling days are almost done. And when she saw Jesus, when she saw Jesus come up out of that water, my mission is complete, amen. There the dove landed on the shoulder of Jesus, hallelujah, coming down like a dove. The answer, the answer, the answer has arrived. Hallelujah. Brother Gibson, hope made her way. Hope made her way. Hope made her way to the fulfillment of the promise that had been made. Jesus came to earth to redeem fallen man and to establish his church on the earth. And the church is still on the earth. Now, thank you for staying with me through all the journey. Come with me now. Let's go back to Acts. Amen. 2 and 41. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. Hallelujah. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, the breaking of bread and in prayers. Amen. They said, I'm going to get on this journey. I'm going to get in this direction and I'm going to keep marching. I'm going to keep walking. Amen. Do you understand today that what happened on the day of Pentecost is what we're feeling in this house right now? And that would not have happened if some man said, I'm going to go my way. And, and somebody else said, I'm going to go my way. And, and they all got together and said, well, you do what you feel comfortable with and you do whatever fits your fancy. But some of them said, we're going to have to continue in this thing. We're gonna to have to walk in this thing. And when Judas said, I don't know if I wanna do this, they said, well, have a good day, brother. Amen, they said, have a good day, brother, because we gotta keep marching in the apostles' doctrine. And, oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. And I believe there were other, others that hadn't, certainly fallen off the way. He meant along the way, but I just believe they bid them farewell. I'm not talking about in a cold and callous way, but I just told my wife this, this very week. I said, I don't know, I don't know about the generation that we're living in, the mindset of the generation that we are living in today. I'm gonna tell you what I was raised on. Amen, I, I think it was good raising. Amen, I'll tell you what I was raised on. I was raised on if my mama don't go, if my daddy don't go, if my brother brother don't go, if my sister don't go, if my wife don't go, if my husband don't go, anybody in the house hearing me, I'm gonna make heaven my home. I gotta make heaven my home. I gotta hold on to this. I gotta hold on to this. I gotta continue. I gotta keep pressing forward. I gotta keep moving in the same direction. I gotta keep moving in the same direction. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They continued. They just kept marching on. When family members said, you gonna be one of them? Yes, I'm gonna be one of them. They had the spirit. 
They had the spirit and the power of God in their lives. This is what you're gonna do? Yes, this is what I'm going to do. They persisted in activity. They persisted in process or they remained in existence because there was times that the church was just remaining. Amen. Oh, yeah. And we don't like to talk about all that because we want revival, revival, grow, grow, boom, 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 boom. But sometimes there's seasons of time that the church was just remaining. We're just holding on. I was raised on I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved like a tree planted by the water. I shall not be moved. Amen. When I'm not in front and center, I shall not be moved. When I'm not holding the microphone, I shall not be moved. Amen. When my name is not on the marquee, when my name is no longer in lights, I shall not be moved. I said this at Sister O'Neill's funeral and just allow me to say it one more time. The Lord gave me this. It's not so profound. You're gonna need a whole legal pad, but I'll tell you, the Lord laid something in my heart during the loss of Sister O'Neill because many of you remember her, some of you perhaps, remember her at least hearing that she at some point was a Sunday school teacher and a leader in the church to some degree Amen. I'm not sure of every position she may or may not have held but here's what I'm saying that she came to God and she came to the Lord and she got filled with the Holy Ghost baptized in Jesus name and she had to learn how to be a follower <laughs> and so she just started following the leadership of the church until she finally reached a place that she became a leader in the church. But the more she kept living and the church began to grow and age and circumstances and health and all these kind of things start chipping away. Amen, after a while, it's time to hand the reins of leadership off to somebody else. And she became what? A follower again. Hallelujah. Amen. So she said, though I don't have a Sunday school class, I shall not be moved. Though I don't have a title, I shall not be moved. Why? Because I'm not in this thing. Because of who's singing. I'm not in this thing because of who's preaching. I'm not in this thing because of whose things on this side. My God, amen, I'm gonna continue. I gotta hold on, I gotta hold on, I gotta hold on. They continue, they continue. I'm not so delusional as to think, I'm not so delusional as to think that Sister O'Neill just thought every decision I made was just the best decision and God bless his heart and, and probably wouldn't even, if it quit living for the Lord, wouldn't even have to go to hell because I was just that righteous. I'm not so delusional as to think that. But one day a 26-year-old young man came in the side door of this church or in the door of this church and God set us here as the pastor of the church. And you know what? She didn't look at me as no snotty-nosed kid. I remember when you did this. I remember when you did that. I remember when I'm, mean, well, what about, what about, what about, what about, what about, what about? No. She said, I'll follow. I'll follow. I'll follow, and that's why. 
We lost track through the years how many times we got home on a Sunday and there would be an answer, a voicemail or, or uh, uh, yeah, a voicemail on our answer machine and, and she knew, I know you're not home yet. I, I didn't want to talk to you on the phone. I just want to let you know. I just appreciate the message this morning. I'm praying for you. I'm in your corner. Are you hearing me? I'm talking about somebody who would say, well, you know, did, was she a missionary here? No. Was she a missionary there? No. How many churches did she start? No. I'll tell you what she did. She continued. Amen. She just continued. And when life would knock her down. And when life would knock her down and when disappointments would come, she'd just get up somehow out of the dust. And I'm not suggesting she was the only one. I'm telling you, we got a cemetery full of them. Amen. We heaven, we got heaven full of them. Amen. They didn't, they didn't leave this footprint here. They didn't leave their name on a marquee there. But they just continued. They continued. Don't ever forget it. When it says they continued, it does not imply that it was problem free. It does not imply there were no issues to be dealt with. I mentioned it a moment ago, but let me go back to it. The church is just barely up and running. And some Gentiles started speaking in tongues and some good old church folks said, wait a minute. Some of them Holy Ghost feel folks said, I'll do anything, go anywhere. Oh, wait a minute. I didn't know I was going to have to worship with them. And if you think this was a small issue, you're wrong. I see old Simon Peter with his gavel in his hand slapping down on that desk until finally ever griping and complaining voice come to a silence. And he said, did not they receive the same Holy Ghost? Somebody had to swallow their pride. Somebody had to hug the neck of the guy they threw a rock at yesterday. I'll see you're uncomfortable, so I'll move on. But it's the truth. And I mentioned this just a few services ago, but it wasn't long after that. They had to welcome Saul. Saul comes nestling down, just sits, just sits right down amongst the trail family. And they got three tombstones behind their house. Somebody that he killed because they were Christians. Amen. There were widow women in the church. Think about it with me now. There were widow women in the church. Their husband long been laid in the grave because they professed this name. And Saul said, well, I'll do something about that. And now he has this Damascus Road experience. Can't you just see it? Can't you just hear that in the coffee shop? Had this Damascus Road experience. So now, <laughs> and now we got to worship with him. He's going to lead the choir. He's going to lead a church, a congregation. Do you not know about his past? And I'm convinced some got up and walked out and said, I ain't, I'm not doing that. What makes you think that? I, I'll tell you what makes me think that. It's 30 years of preaching. That's what makes me think that.
<laughs> Not quite enough sugar in the coffee this morning, I guess. <laughs> but it's still the truth. Still the truth. But I'll tell you what else I know about 30, after 30 years of preaching. Some of them say, well, I'll tell you right now, I'm continuing on. I'm, I'm going to continue. I'm, what you doing? I'm going on. Well, what's your decision? Well, I'm here. I, you don't think it might have been a bloody moment, some, but let me tell you something. When Jesus, I've never quite been this bold. Oh, I've said this at home. I've said this in my truck. I've said it loud in my truck. When, when, when Jesus looked at the apostles and said, well, you're gonna leave also? I've never quite been that bold publicly. I've thought it. I've said it. Lose confidence in me if you want to, but I'm just human. I'm just human. But Jesus knew he was bold not because he was arrogant, not because he was cocky, not because he's on some power trip, because he was on a mission and he understood the mission. And what he was saying is if all of you bail out now, I'll get 12 more and I'll start again. Why? I've started again before. Hallelujah. This won't be the first time I, oh, this won't be the first time I started over. Amen, I got Noah and his children and I pushed them on a boat and I said, we're gonna do it again. We're gonna do it again. And if the disciples had said, I'm out, I'm done. He said, all right, give me 12 more. I'm gonna find somebody that'll just continue. I'm gonna find somebody that will continue. They continued. I'm trying to come to a close. They faced great persecution along the way. Yes, they did. They were burned at the stake. They were stoned. They were boiled in oil. I'm not talking about somebody didn't speak to them on their job or somebody mistreated them in the neighborhood. They were killed. They were martyrs. Somebody lost their husband to being stoned for the name because they kept saying, don't preach this name. I don't have time to get into all of this, but I, I try to drop it in every time I get a chance. One day I ought to just haul off and talk about it. But, but I'm telling you that, that people don't make fun of you for shouting and speaking in tongues anymore. They don't make fun of you for singing songs and clapping your hands and raising your hands because that's become, that's become the stylish thing to do with no matter what brands over the door. But hear me today, don't you nestle in. Don't you get too comfortable because the thing, amen, they may raise their hands, they may speak with tongues, they may do this, they may do that, they may have sign teams, they may have praise teams, but hear me, when it comes to the name, they don't want you preaching the name. It'll be the name. It'll be the name that separates. It's it's always been the name. It's always been the name. They said, go no more preaching in this name. It's always been the name. New mar- they, they had martyrs, but they continued. Will you say that with me? But they continued. They continued. The, the New Testament had, church had, had martyrs, but they continued. Amen. This message divided cities, and this message divided families but they continued. They were told, stop preaching in this name, and if you preach anymore in this name, we're gonna have you put to death, and they 
continued. Amen. Think about it with me when this message made its way to North America with the Azusa Street Revival in Los Angeles in 1906. Amen. Hear me today. It was welcomed by some, but it wasn't welcomed with open arms by all. Amen. But you know what? When it started dividing North American families, when it started dividing this, and when it started dividing that, they continued. Amen. When this, amen. When the, when they were having tent revivals and people were throwing rotten tomatoes and rotten eggs at the preacher and it really happened and it really happened. Amen, they didn't fold up their tent, Brother Gibson, and say, we better look for another town. No, 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 amen. They wiped off the tomato. They wiped off the egg. They took off their jacket and he said, and now turn with me to another chapter. Amen, why? Because I gotta continue. I gotta continue. I gotta continue. Yes, 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 yes. We need some men and women to get some backbone about you. Get up and get walking. We gotta continue in this thing. We gotta continue in this thing. was given, the commission was given, oh man, these, these children of Israel are outgrowing us here in Egypt and they're about to overtake our numbers and so Pharaoh said, I tell you what we're gonna do, amen, the king said we're gonna kill all the male children, that's what we'll do but there was a mama, there was a mama, amen, that made her a little bulrush, amen, she slimed it in and slimed it out and set her baby in there and God's providential hand, it's not a Sunday school story, it's a divine providence amen, I'm gonna tell you God's God's hand of providence only took that child out of the mother's arms for a brief period of time, just a little sail down the Nile because God had his hand on it and when they found the baby, amen, Miriam said, I know, I know one who may be able to nurse him. I know one who may be able to take this job and in a few moments he was back in the hands of his very own mother and as my wife so aptly said a few years ago, amen, when she was teaching on a mother's day, amen, she kept whispering, I don't want to be graphic, but while that child was eating, while that child was nursing, she was whispering, you are not an Egyptian. You are not an Egyptian. You are not an Egyptian. 
You've got a far greater purpose. You've got a far greater purpose. When, no, when Moses would walk by, when Moses would walk by, Brother Gibson, I'm convinced. She'd say, remember, you're not an Egyptian. Remember, I'm trying to come to this pulpit today to tell you, we are not of this world. We are in this world, but not of this world. That's why he left the king's palace. Yes. Amen. That's why he left the king. That's why he walked away from all the riches. That's why he walked away from all the wealth because he understood who he was. Yes. He continued. Yes. I'm not trying to preach slam to the maps this morning. I'm not. I'm, I'm really not. But when Jacob gave birth to Joseph, and Joseph finally got to Egypt. And their family was starving to death. Am I right? I mean, they weren't uncomfortable. There was a famine in the land. And God in his providence brought their family to Egypt and gave them favor. Oh, they could eat. Whatever you want. It's yours. But when Jacob got ready to draw his last breath, he said, I got some marching orders for you now. Don't you bury me here. <laughs> Don't. I know those pyramids are pretty impressive. I know this gold and silver. I know this wealth. I'm, you know, I've been here a long time. I've been dining and dwelling in Egypt a long time. But hear me, I've been in Egypt, but Egypt is not in me. Amen, I've been in Egypt, but Egypt didn't get in me. And so he said, don't you bury me. I'm gonna put it in our language. Don't you bury me in one of those fine pyramids, but you take me back to the cave. Amen, if you just gotta stick me in the cave with Leah, that's all right. I'll be in the cave. I'll give up Egypt. I'm telling you, sir and ma'am, if you're reaching for Egypt, you better wake up. Amen, it's gonna crumble like sand in your hand. Amen, what do you need? What do you need me to do? I need you to rise up and continue. Continue. That's what I need. Amen. That's what we need. My, 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 my. Let, let's stand. I'm going to need your help again. Can you say that? They continue. I'm not trying to antagonize you, but when I point at you, can you say that? Amen. All right. Amen. I don't do that a whole lot, so you ought not be wore out with that. When this message, I'm going to fast forward the tape, fast forward the message. But when this message made its way to the very community we're standing in right now. So let's jump out of the Old Testament. Let's jump out of Acts. And let's come to Hatch Men. This was not a welcome message. Threats were made against my own grandfather. I'll run him out of this country. But they continued. He had stuff hurled at him while he was preaching. 
they continue. Not idle threats. Not idle threats. I'll run him out of town. What you gonna do about that, preacher? They continue. What you gonna do about that, saints? They continue. Seasons of discouragement. Amen. Seasons of discouragement. I've talked about this publicly, and obviously it was talked about publicly in my family, so it's, it's, it's all right, I suppose, but... But, but my grandfather coming to church in my one time way back in the beginning years and my grandmother was so discouraged that she didn't even come to church that night. Now she didn't stay home because she was sick. She stayed home because she was discouraged. And they had a guest speaker, an evangelist. And, and, and on the way home, my grandfather said, I'm thinking about resigning. I'm thinking about leaving. I'm just... I, I, I don't know, I, I'm just at the end of my rope. And the, the evangelist, whoever he was, God bless him in eternity, said, Brother Tumman, as long as you can go and feel the spirit that we felt in there tonight, you need to stay with it. Amen. So when my grandfather got discouraged, they continued. Amen. When they were dragging the old wooden building down this road to get it to its final destination, that old wooden building started falling apart. And somebody said, it ain't gonna make it no further. What we gonna do? Drag it up off the road. We'll leave it there for the night till we can figure out what to do. And in the middle of a very discouraging moment, and they continued when they were, amen. I'm guessing someone in that crowd may have been discouraged. I'm guessing somebody thought, well, this may not have been a good idea, but somehow they got it in their gut and they said, we're gonna keep marching on. And they continued when the excitement when the excitement of building this new church right here, or when it was new, when the excitement of building this very building, the one we're seated in right now, when all that excitement, when all that excitement on that memorial day afternoon, when it gave in, when the building, the side walls of this building pushed out and all the trusses come tumbling in and there was nothing here but a bunch of bricks and twisted him in just the Saturday before two days before they had set the trusses him and what an exciting time what an exciting day on Monday we're going to put the decking on and when they were nailing the decking down this building fell and fell right flat to the to the foundation amen I'm going to tell you there had to be somebody that was looking at all that brick and mortar there had to be somebody looking at them twisted trusses saying you know maybe we shouldn't have got involved in this. Maybe we maybe we did the wrong thing, but somebody in the crowd said they continued. Hallelujah. I was six I was 16 years old. I was 16 years old when that happened. And I remember the saints of this church, men and women alike, got out here and started chipping the old mortar off the brick. And in seven days, the brick were restacked on the foundation. You know why? Because somebody said we're not going to quit. Amen. We're going to continue. We're just going to keep marching on. Amen. So now the question is, what are we going to do? I'm going to continue. I'm just going to keep marching. I'm just going to keep walking. Just going to keep pressing. Going to keep pushing. That's what we're going to do. I'm going to continue. Amen. God had a plan. I'm closing. Honest to goodness. And the reason I know that is because I just have nothing else to say. So it's not an idle threat. I was just threatening a while ago. When a man sinned and the world seemed hopelessly lost, God had a plan. When God repented that he made man, and it seemed like when you get God mad, you got problems. He was mad, but he had a plan. And he found somebody that had grace in his eyes. Amen. And even when he missed the mark, because Noah didn't get it all right, God said, I'll 
I'll do it another way. I'll do it another way. And when Israel wanted a king and that failed, and when they'd get a good one and a bad one, that somehow God was just pressing on, pressing on, pushing on, pushing on. Isaiah, tell them this. Joel, tell them that. I know they're getting discouraged. Micah, write this down. Obadiah, say this. Hey, say something, say something. Say something of eternal consequence. We call them major and minor prophets. What's a minor prophet? <laughs> I know what it is, but I'm just. <laughs> Say something. And, and I wonder if it was in these dark, dismal, and discouraging times when people were losing heart and God sensed the heart of his creation. And he said, Isaiah, tell them that part about where the government will be on his shoulders. They'll like that. That'll encourage them for a little while. Ezekiel. Ezekiel, come here. Write down that part about the line in the hand and going out three times. That'll encourage them. Why? Because a dove is still making her way. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. I'm gonna tell you something. The church that we're talking about is still represented here on this earth today. And you know why we're here? Because somebody continued. When they were discouraged and down and out and felt like giving up, they just got up and got dressed and came to church anyway. When they realized it took longer to drive to church and get home than church even lasted, they got up and took their tie on and they got up and come on anyway. They just kept marching on. Amen. I wish we'd just slip our hands up. And I wonder if we could just touch that eternal God right now. In the name of Jesus. Oh, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> In the name of Jesus. We need to entertain this now. Amen, amen, amen. We need to entertain this now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God's not through. God is not through. As a matter of fact, God may be just getting started. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And they continued, and they continued. They just kept pressing forward. They just kept marching on. They continued, they continued. In the name of Jesus, come on church. Amen, come on church. Don't dismiss on me now. Amen, don't, don't disconnect from God now. God is wanting to do something right here. We ought to let this word be followed with some demonstration. Somebody. 
They ought to get the tenacity and the strength to say, you know what? I'm gonna get back in. I'm gonna cash in. I'm gonna give it all I got. I'm gonna get off the fence. I'm gonna get off the edge. I'm gonna stop peering over the fence. I'm getting all the way back in. All the way back in. We ought to fill these altars up. That's what we ought to do. We ought to, we ought to, we ought to blind heaven with our praise. <laughs> oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of the Lord God, in the name of the Lord God, in the name of the Lord God. In the name of the Lord God. In the name of the Lord God. Salamohi andarada mahakaya la 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 mahasataya. Shotori andala mahasataya. Hallelujah. Iyalamboro mohosakataya. Shalama. Shalama hosatala la mahakaya. Shilalomo hosi. Ilandarada mahakataya. Hallelujah. Speak to us, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Speak to us, Lord. Jesus, 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 I'm going to continue on. Jesus, Jesus. fear of God and the fear of God let it touch our hearts today in Jesus name hallelujah mm. hallelujah 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 Jesus 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 Oh, Lord God. Oh, Lord God. Oh, Lord God. Speak to our hearts here today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. <clears throat> Hallelujah. I, I think what we ought to be thinking, what we ought to be thinking, is if our forefathers come walking through that door. I hope I'm not being too far out there for you today. I know there's some things about what we're doing today they wouldn't understand. They wouldn't get words on the screen. 
They wouldn't get a lot of things that are that are uh, tools of ministry perhaps. But I hope one thing they would understand is that we have continued. We've continued. You, you, you think that may be a far-fetched illustration, but, I, but if we believe we're gonna be reunited again <clears throat> and we're gonna know as we're known, then I don't want somebody walking up to me and asking me, what are you doing warming around that fire? You know better than that. What, what, what are you doing going there? What, 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 you know better than that. How, how, when, we, when we walk away from some of these activities, I'm gonna ask you to ask yourself, how spiritual do you feel? If you feel like you need to go home and take a bath, then we don't need to be involved in that. Amen, and that, that shouldn't be a do and don't list from the pulpit. That ought to be something etched in our heart, in my heart. Amen, I, I, I don't have to wear a sandwich sign every time I leave the house that I'm a married man. I think something ought to be in my heart that I'm a married man and, 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 and I'm not there, I'm not here, I'm not doing that, I'm not talking about that, I'm not thinking about those things. Amen, I, I, I shouldn't have to have some list in my pocket that she, she has to write me every day and I have to have notarized at the end of every day. Should have some things in my heart. I'm, 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 I'm not doing that because I love her. And I am gonna do this because I love her. Amen, holiness, holiness, hear me today. And separation, that's not a means to salvation. That's an end result of salvation. I don't abstain from this so I can be right with God. I abstain from that because I am right with God. And some of us need to get some backbone about that and stand up in this hour and say, this is who I am. This is who I am. I am continuing. I'm marching on. I'm marching on. He said to the children of Israel, don't bow down at their altars. Don't make leagues with the inhabitants of this land. Solomon got in trouble because he brought not only women home, but he brought their gods home. And you know what the fear in my heart is? Some people in this building right now that's been raised in this church, you're, you're on the fence about baptism. That's right. Because see, the devil doesn't just want you to give up holiness because once he gets you conquered on that, he's gonna, he's gonna move into other areas of your life. Amen, I thought I was done, but I'm not done. Amen. He's gonna start chipping away at this and there's some people don't know what you believe about baptism and it is, and is it really essential and well, we can do it either way and now churches are baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, which is Jesus' name. I mean, that sounds like compromise to me. Amen, I wanna, I want, I wanna know who, what I know and I want that blood applied to my life unequivocally, unequivocally. Amen, I wanna do it the Bible way. I'm not talking about the apostolic way. I wanna do it the Bible way. I'm not talking about Hatch being apostolic. I wanna do it the Bible way. Well, I don't know if we ought to do that. I don't know if we still gotta do that. I don't know if we ought to do that. I'm gonna tell you what's wrong. Amen, if you let the devil have too much of your thought, you've let the devil have too much of your mind, you've let the devil have too much of your home, you've let the devil have too much of your spirit, and now he's throwing question marks about everything. I say we better get back. Amen, we better start continuing on. Hallelujah. I want the blood applied. I want the blood applied to my life. Yes, I do. I want the blood applied to my life. 
I want the Holy Ghost. Amen. I want the Holy Ghost. With the, the infilling of the Holy Ghost has evidence. We're speaking with other tongues. We're not going to take you to the Sunday school room and teach you how to do that. Amen. The Holy Ghost will fill you and it'll evidence itself with speaking with other tongues. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. 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 God, God, people don't know anything about God at all. Come get the Holy Ghost. They just stop doing this. They stop doing that. Stop doing the other. Nobody has said anything to them about nothing. I've preached for years about leaving a shallow end of the pool. You've heard me say this years and years and years. We need a shallow end of the pool because everybody's not ready for the deep end yet. But it just aggravates the tarnation out of me when I see grown saints Amen. Yes, I said that. Aggravates a tarnation out of me. When you see grown saints that ought to be out on the deep end leading people to a deeper walk with God, they're seeing people on the shallow end saying, well, I didn't know we could do that. That's right. I'm needing people to stay in the deep end so we can lead people to a deeper walk with God. Come on out here. Come on out here. I'll hold you up a little while. Is this all right? Amen. I got men I need to be counting on. I got men, hear me, I got men I need to be counting. Get out of the shallow end of the pool for God's sake. Get back down here. Amen, let's grow. Let's grow in the spirit and leave somebody where we are and let's just keep walking. Let's just keep walking. Let's just keep walking. Let's keep walking. We cannot build on maybes. We can't build on might be's. You can't build on something that might be here today. Don't know if you're gonna be here tomorrow. Might pray now. Don't know if you're gonna pray later. We gotta have somebody that can get in the deep end and say, come on, come on, come on, come on. How was the church? The church was built by people that just wouldn't back up. The church was built by people that just said, I'm pressing on, I'm pressing on, I'm pressing on. I know you're standing and, I, and I'm not gonna apologize about that. I'm just telling you. I know it seems like I'm just talking about one family today. I'm not trying to capitalize on one family today, but I'm telling you, Sister Sister Patricia, when I think about Sister Ellen Smith, she was living in a city that didn't even have a church that preached this doctrine. That's right. I'm not talking about for a few weeks or a few months. I'm talking about for years. And she survived because every Monday her sister mailed her cassette tapes of the preaching here. And she didn't give up nothing. She held on to what she, everything she had. You know what we buried when we buried her? You know what I buried, Chris Osborne, when I buried her, when we preached her funeral? I buried an apostolic, amen, to the core woman, amen, who believed in holiness and separation, and she lived her life unspotted, untainted by the world. Amen, you hear me today? It can be done. If you think you gotta grow up in the shadow of the cross, we ought to grow up. If you think we gotta grow up in the shadow of somebody looking over our shoulder, we ought to grow up. Amen, I wanna go with a gay and say it again. Again. Amen. If my mama don't go, I want her to go. But if my mama don't go, I gotta make it. If my daddy don't go, I gotta make it. I wanna be there with my wife. I wanna be in eternity with my wife. I wanna be in eternity with my son and my daughter-in-law. But if they don't go, I gotta have something in me that says, but I gotta make it anyway. I just gotta make it. Oh. 
Oh, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Say it again. They continued. Amen. That's our rally cry. They continued. Amen. They continued. Amen. What did they do when they walked away from those that were martyred? They continued. They just kept marching on. What did they do? What did they do when they pilfered their church? What did they do when they threw rocks at them? They just kept walking. They just kept walking. They just kept walking. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.